Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I am so excited to bring on my friend Katrina McCain to chat with Mary Scott and I about perfectionism. It's a topic that I feel like we've all chatted about in some way or another, but she's diving a little bit deeper. Katrina is the author of the book, Beyond Being Good, Seeking Christ's Perfection for Our Imperfect Hearts. And gosh, y'all, that's the truth. Every day we have to surrender our imperfections to the Lord, give them over to him, let him perfect us rather than perfecting ourselves. So we're calling this episode a letter to the good girls. You know what those are. At least I do, because I used to be one and Mary Scott did too. We were the ones where things were great, things were perfect, at least so it seemed. And it was hard to lower ourselves to a weak spot so that God could come through and be our rescuer. I truly believe that I was my own rescuer. I hadn't really done anything wrong. I hadn't really messed up. And I struggle with being consumed in my own good rather than relying on the Lord's goodness and faithfulness. I worked hard for my worth. I mean, you get it. You've probably heard the story before. Maybe you're living in it right now. Regardless, we wanted to open up this conversation, open up the floor for Katrina to share a little bit about where she's been, what she's learned through it, and how we're just not good enough. But thankfully, we serve a God who is. So we hope this conversation encourages you, inspires you, propels you on, and shows you a little bit more clearly who God is and how much he loves us. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Katrina McCain. Hey, Katrina, welcome to Behind the Bliss. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. We are so pumped to have you here. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Um, Do you think that you could just take a few minutes and tell everyone who you are, what you do, um, what your day-to-day looks like, and all the fun stuff like that? Uh, Sure. Okay. So my name is Katrina McCain, and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I just recently moved back to Charlotte, Um, so dealing with all the hustle and bustle with transition and all of that. I've been married for six years. I have two daughters. Um, and let's see here. I, I just recently wrote a book. It's almost a year old. It's called Beyond Being Good. And, um, in between my writing, I do, uh, dabble in fashion. I modeled uh, professionally for nine years, um, with Wilhelmina. And, uh, since I've been retiring, I still kind of get my feet wet in that every now and then with helping um, emerging models. So between family and fashion and writing and church life, I'm quite busy, but I love it. Oh, I love that too. <laughs> I'm also from Charlotte. I don't know if you knew that, but I was born and raised in Charlotte. It's so fun. Oh, yes. How Small world. Hey, I'm kind of curious if you don't mind giving people maybe a spark notes, little summary of your book and what it's about and the women that you hope to reach through it. Um, I'm just so curious and I'm sure our audience is too. Oh, sure. So my book is called Beyond Being Good, Seeking Christ's Perfection for Imperfect Hearts. And that title really, really resonates with me and I think with a lot of other women because Um, so much of our lives, we just toil with the issue of perfection Mm. and we have a very, very hard time, especially those of us that, you know, do have a bit of a church background, 
you know, we want to do things right. We want to please the Lord, but in our human self, sometimes we just can't. And um, my testimony is that, you know, I got caught up in being a good girl, doing the good things, doing the right things, saying the right things. But inside, I just had a lot of conflicting feelings, mm. a lot of conflicting temptations. And it's like, gosh, like, am I, am I truly like, am I filled with faith, really, if I'm struggling with these things? Um, but, you know, our Christianity is based off God's goodness and his holiness and not our own because we don't have it. So in the book, I talk a whole lot about those temptations and struggles that I dealt with, uh, fear of, of moving forward with Christ because I just didn't feel adequate. And then an understanding that, you know, his abundance has nothing to do with my performance. Mm. Um, and then just going into other just things that just women deal with. I mean, self-image, um, purity, the things that the world offers us that once we have a taste with it, we realize like it's really not God's best for us in the first place. Um, so just my personal journey, as well as just scriptures um, that the Lord provides us that will strengthen us spiritually and um, equip us to just live the life that he's called us to. So that's the book in a nutshell. I love that. Well, that uh, really, I mean, that's touching the mission of Behind the Bliss. You know, I think we are in a world that is pushing the highlight reel, that's pushing, um, you know, mm -hmm. showing everyone what's going on on the outside while rarely talking about what's going on on the inside. So I love that you are hitting on that message. And really, that's completely why we shared or created this podcast to begin with, that we just felt women needed to feel a little bit less alone in the middle or the messy middle of their life and in their yeah. head and in their heart. So I'm so thankful um, that you created a platform to speak on that just like us. It's so perfect. Um, what is some like common struggle you see of women who are like struggling with perfectionism? Like what are some common themes and what do you feel like was like the set off for you to feel like surrendered in who you were with the Lord so that you didn't need to try so hard and try to, you know, be perfect and look perfect and act perfect and all that. What was the pivotal moment for you? Well, the pivotal moment for me, it was honestly honesty. And just being able to be responsible for the decisions that I made, um, which are just founded before Christ. Our decisions are really founded in compromise. You know, it's totally. like, I want to be accepted by the world, but I also want to be good with God. And scripture tells us that we just cannot have both. We just cannot have both. And we know that, you know, when we begin to follow Christ, um, you know, following Christ gives a sweet smell to the Lord and to those who are seeking the Lord as well, but it can be offensive to the world mm. because the world does not want Jesus. And so when we are trying to um, kind of have one foot in the world and one foot with the Lord, uh, the Bible calls that being lukewarm, basically, we just have no peace within ourselves. Mm. And we begin to compromise and compare and we have this internal conflict with ourselves. And so once you're just like, you know what, I just want to do it Jesus way, you know, and it's like the things that I'm compromising, are they really benefiting me in the long run or are they only feeling good in the moment? And then I'm left with regret in the morning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like when you can just be like, yeah, what this world has for me is just not worth mm -hmm. my soul. 
For sure. I think that is a pivotal moment where it's just like everything that Jesus has for me really is good. And so why am I cheating myself out of the goodness of God for a cheap, you know, I don't know, a cheap version that doesn't even last forever? Yeah. I'm with you. I think for me, it's it's like this constant battle of being lukewarm because we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. And we hear that a lot and thinking through how can I make decisions that are pleasing to the Lord that I truly want to do, but that don't seem super uh, like prude or what's the word? I don't mm-hmm. want to seem, like you said, frumpy mm-hmm. and thinking other people thinking, well, I don't want that because that's not freedom and what they think their definition of freedom is. And so I feel like it's this tightrope walk of how can I live a life that is above reproach, but by also making it seem approachable so that others see it as fun and freedom and what the gospel invites us into, you know, what would you say for someone who might be walking the same tightrope and feel like, they're trying to make decisions, but having a really hard time with maybe the friend group that they're in or um, mm-hmm. someone who feels held back by by both worlds, if that makes sense. Yes. Well, you know, we can have standards and still extend mm-hmm. grace. Yeah, you for know? sure. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's, it's the lack of grace that turns people off from Jesus. And we know that you know, grace is a gift from God through Jesus for us. And so when we find ourselves just intolerant and just dismissive of other people's struggles and sins, that number one makes us hypocrites. And then number two, it's us withholding that gift of grace that God has given us so that we can share with other people. And so I can say no thank you to this without belittling mm-hmm. you. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? I can, I can still love you even though your lifestyle is different from me. Um, and it's that love that draws people to Jesus, not the checklist, not the rules, but it's the grace and the mercy and the love of the Father through His Son, Jesus, that we can be a light to other people and show them what abundance really looks like. And abundance is right. freedom. Mm-hmm. It's not bondage. Right. Oh, I mm-hmm. love this. So two things, two thoughts I have from this. One, if um, people listening want more on the whole, loving people who disagree, who you disagree with, Amy Wolf came on our mm-hmm. show. She... Um, Um, Her episode is episode 45, but she talked all about what it looks like um, to have empathy without endorsement. Like you can love Mm -hmm. someone, care for them, pray for them, have grace with them without agreeing with what they're doing. And there, there is a separation. Um, And then the second thought I had on this was this whole idea of we can't hold other non-believers to a believer standard. That's not fair because they didn't sign up for the same thing we signed up for. And, um, I mean, scripture promises us where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and, um, new morning mercies. I don't remember which day it was, but there was this one day where, um, in new morning mercies, an amazing devotional, he talked about, um, the fact that we have rules and regulations is actually divine and is freedom because without those rules to be obedient to, we would end up hurting ourselves And I think that's what the world doesn't understand is like, wow, can you have rules but still call yourself free? And so for someone who might be listening to, let's say they're not a believer, like let's just talk to the people Mm -hmm. out there that might misunderstand who we are and what we're doing and why we're called to it or how would we explain to them 
this is why I choose to live the life I am living. Um, no, that's so good. That's so good because all of us, right, before we were believers, a believer's life looked a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, For honestly, sure. like I think about like, you know, when I was growing up, like my parents are ministers. And so a lot of what I understood of Jesus came, you know, in the, in the walls of my home. But once I went to college, I was like, wow, like y'all, y'all do a whole lot of stuff that I've never done before. And that looks quite interesting. Like, I think I want to try that for myself (laughs) because, you know, it, it does look free. It does look like, oh my goodness, like you, you don't have these barriers that, you know, but that was because I didn't have relationship with Jesus. I had a head knowledge, but I did not have a relationship to where he was transforming my heart and my life. And so you dabble into these things that seem so freeing and so fun, but we know they all come with, you know, consequences, um, strings attached and consequences. And, you know, my mother says you can make your choices, but you cannot choose your consequences. That's good. Mm. And, you know, and that's something that you don't think about in the, in the, in the moment, you know, you don't think about, you know, how this decision in this moment is going to affect my tomorrow or my next month or my next year. Whereas with Jesus, the things he asks us to do, yeah, they are self-sacrificing sometimes. Sometimes we do have to say no to ourselves. But the things that our flesh wants, they're not beneficial when you look into the light of eternity. They have no value outside of that moment, you know. And so I personally found myself like doing things that were seemed fun. And then in the morning, it's like, gosh, like. I can't look at myself right now or, oh, I hope nobody finds out or like, what can I say to make myself look better Mm -hmm. now? You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Whereas with the Lord, it's like, God, what I have done that you have called me to do, it makes you shine and it makes me shine too. Mm -hmm. And like what I'm doing, like other people see it and they're not talking about me in a negative way. They are, you know, encouraging me and they're coming alongside of me and I'm encouraging them and therefore I'm being encouraged and um, in the body of believers. And so I think that the biggest, the biggest thing is that living for Jesus it is a denying of ourselves, but honestly, it's a it's a opportunity for our true selves to shine, the selves that that Christ died for, the person that can only become alive through Jesus Christ and his shed blood in our lives. And that reality is so, so freeing because there are no strings attached. Mm-hmm. It's just a free love, free gift, freedom in its totality without the weight of sin um, dragging us down. Totally. Um, I think something you said earlier was something along the lines of, you know, at some point we have to connect our hearts to our minds. And at some point it's complicated to learn, well, why, why is this in the Bible? Why is this a scripture invalid to me? And there's something about in our walk in faith where we have a moment where our heart connects with our head. And I think a lot of times that comes with knowing scripture and being really attuned with God's word. And so did you have a, like a part of your life that um, was kind of pivotal for you to connect both your head and your heart? Or what was like the turning point for you to make this less about rules, more about a relationship with the Lord? Mm, that's really good. Um, so, you know, when 
when you grow up kind of figuring out the right things to say and the right things to do, um, you become quite self-righteous. Um, and you think you're being a good person and a good girl, but really you're just kind of tooting your own horn everywhere. And I got to the place where pretty much my, my, what I was saying with my mouth was not matching up with the way I was living, um, in my private life. And it got to the point where I had made such a big mess, which I do talk about in the book, but I made such a big mess. Like I couldn't smile my way through that one because everybody knew Mm -hmm. and it was out in the open, not just for other people, but for myself to where I was just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a good person. I'm not this good person that I honestly thought that I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just like, I guess my realization of my own hypocrisy and my lack. And I realized like, if I was really living for the Lord, would I had created this lifestyle for myself that resulted in the way that it did? And I had to take a good look at my life and I had to take a good look at my choices and my decisions, the attitude that I had in my heart, you know, the way I treated myself and other people. And I realized like, this does not look like Jesus mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, the Bible says that we really aren't aware of that without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so on our own, we can't come to the place where we need Jesus because we don't know that we need Jesus until the Spirit um, reveals that to us. Mm-hmm. And part of that is being in Scripture, being open to Scripture, um, reading Scripture. So, you know, I tell people like, you know, even if someone is not living a strong walk, if they're at least positioning themselves to go to church or read the Bible, all of that is spirit led. And that is God taking them on a journey to himself. And so I celebrate those people who may not have it all together, but at least you have an interest and a desire because you're going in the right direction. As long as we're taking steps towards Jesus, we're going in the right direction because he's the one that's drawing us to himself. It's not anything that we can do. It's all him. And so the process that the Lord took me on in terms of like, me falling flat on my face and realizing my need and realizing that on my own, I am not good. You know, that is what brought me to the foot of the cross. Like Jesus, you have more for me than I thought I was able to get for myself. And I just need you. And you know, that has made all the difference, not perfect still and never will be, but it's made a big difference to understand that God loves me, not because of what I can do for him, but simply because of all the love that he has right. for me. We have not been created enough. He has made us enough, you know, and there's there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think when we start to believe that we've been created to be something, which we are, but we mm-hmm. only have that potential through Jesus and what he did for us to bridge the gap. And yeah. so when we start believing it is up to me to make myself fill in the blank or it is up to me Like the Mm -hmm. whole self-made, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's actually pretty dangerous because we start thinking that we have control over ourselves, but then even other people. And I think that's when, for me personally, I become more like persuading in a a bad and unhealthy way rather than just persuading by my actions and saying like, I am living my best life through Jesus and I want this for you too. And so it's when I can surrender and be like, I am just not enough. I actually can't believe the message of the world, you know, and Mm -hmm. I have to allow Jesus to meet me in these gaps. And that's when I am full and present and other people can see me fully alive, 
which I think is is beautiful and it's hard to hear that message and all the messages being thrown at us today. <laughs> yeah, sure. well, it really is because it's feeding flesh, right? Because flesh wants to deny the fact that it mm-hmm. needs help, right. right? Flesh wants to, I can do it myself, you know, look at me, you know, celebrate what I have done. But, you know, the kingdom of God is the exact opposite, right? We humble ourselves mm-hmm. and we become lowly so that he can become great through us and in us. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if we didn't need Jesus, then if we could do it by ourselves, there would be no reason for him to right. come, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if I could make my life better all by myself, then there would have been no point of him coming and dying on the cross for us. Right. If we are our own superheroes, what's the need? <laughs> yeah. I, I've been reading Galatians this week and I was reading this morning in Galatians three, where Paul was going back to, um, Jerusalem because of some false teaching that was going on that was adding to our salvation by works of the flesh. And he was like, mm-hmm. guys, if this had anything to do with you, then we are cheapening what, you know, the Lord went to the cross to carry for us. Like if there was anything that we could do to add to our mm-hmm. own righteousness apart from Christ, um, mm-hmm. then there was no point for him to come mm-hmm. and die for our mm-hmm. sins and grant us our salvation. And so that's such a good point. Our flesh is... Oh, it gets us in the way. It gets yeah. in the way of us. And we just <laughs> need to take ourselves out of the running for sure. So, so true. And I think it just starts with the willing heart, right? Because we can't get rid of our flesh because we live in it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Ditch your skin. Time. There's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't, we can't just take it off, you know? And, and it's one of those things where it's like the how Christ is perfecting us, you know, that ING, it means it's continuing, it's ongoing. And we'll never see that perfection, this side of heaven, but he is consistently and continually perfecting us to look more like him. We just need to have Mm, that willing. I love it. Oh, and it's quite a painful process. Am I right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's pruning. They call it pruning on purpose. Like it's not fun, but, um, actually heard something forget where it was but someone said the same doctor who is going to cut you open is also taking out what's bad and sewing you back up so it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be some surgery and it's gonna you're gonna have like a like a recoup phase afterwards but for sure do you want this nasty cancer out or not like do you want to go through the pain of what it takes to become full and set apart and reconciled with god or not like this is just as much yeah. your choice, but you can't, like like we're saying, lukewarm, going back to this idea, you can't be like, okay, I want you to open me up, but never stitch me back because you won't be able to go out and mm. do the things that this whole surgery point was for. Mm-hmm. Um, Priscilla Shire posted something on her Instagram. It was her um, speaking, and her message was all about us wanting to, God to intervene and God, where are you? I want to hear you. Where, where are you in my life? And she says, in, in those moments, be ready to be, I'm not going to say as well as she can, of course it's Priscilla, but she said in those moments, be ready to be placed in a, in an event or in a circumstance when you are weak, because it's only when we're weak Mm. that he can show up and, and be strong and Mm. he's made perfect in our weakness. It has to be that humbling, like you said, willingness to show up, admit our faults, repent, turn around and make that 180 degree difference because we can't be facing freedom and be facing Jesus and the cross and what he did for us, but also be facing the way we want to live at the same time because they're 180 degrees. That's what 
repent means, right? Is like turn around. So like if you're facing in between, you're really facing nothing and you're not making any movement. And I, I Mm. know when I'm in those seasons because I feel like there's no opposition. I'm not learning anything. I just, oh, there's so many other louder voices than what I want to hear. So if you maybe could just encourage the person who has admitted or throughout maybe listening to this is like, yes, Lord, I want you 100%. I'm ready to turn around. And Mm -hmm. what practically can they do? I mean, we know the answer, but I kind of want to hear you expand upon it. Like what can they practically do to surrender? That's so good. The, the, the first thing is, is, you know, surrendering is not the same as falling, mm-hmm. right? So when we're surrendering, mm-hmm. we're just laying down. We're just laying mm-hmm. down, you know, in the arms of our Father. And, like, what a beautiful picture that is. You know what I mean? Um, there's nothing that's going to hurt you or harm you in the arms of the Father. And, yes, we do go through struggles and challenges and, um, you know, per, um, just just trials, you know, but those things are there to strengthen us. And he's there to lead us through all of that. And so what I say is just, number one, just believe God is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And I know there's so many songs about that. And, you know, and sometimes we can turn truths into just like platitudes or we can turn them into just these cliche things. But this is truth. And the truth is that God is who he says he is. And he says that he is a good father. He says that he loves you with an everlasting love. And he says that he has a perfect plan for you. He also says that he is trustworthy mm-hmm. and he invites us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we can just come to the point where we realize that like, you know, if what God has for me is good and the enemy is in opposition of God, that means that the things in this world is not good for me. And so what would I rather a life full of good things or a life full of um, traps and deceit and lies. And, you know, and that takes someone who can be spiritually mature to answer that question. Um, But once we can answer that question, we want the goodness of God, then all that there is to do is just believe Him. And by believing Him, we begin to obey Him. And once we begin to obey Him, we begin to love Him. And the scriptures say that um, if you love me, you will obey me. And so what does that tell me? That means that if I'm not being obedient, that means I'm not loving God. Um, Not the way that the word instructs me to. And so again, falling back on that truth, right? Because the world says you could do whatever you want to do and God is still there for you, right? Um, You know, live your life, no regrets and, you know, make it all right at the end. But that is not scripture. Mm-hmm. And Timothy says that all scripture is God-breathed, that it is the truth, and that it is not um, anything that wavers. And so when I begin to pursue God the way scriptures tell me to pursue God, then I begin to experience that abundance and that joy and that you know life unspeakable and, and the rivers of running water and my cup overflowing and all of those wonderful things. It doesn't mean there still be there won't be trials, mm-hmm. but we won't be going through those trials alone and we won't be going through those trials with the consequence of sin. 
mm-hmm. it will be more of each girl. Yeah. Yes, I know we have been I taken to church. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, Katrina, keep going. I'm like, I'm going on and on, but it's just, it's something that for like, as a minister's child, like I didn't get that until like my, my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, Lord, mm-hmm. how could I have been so wrong for so long, knowing this stuff in my head, but just it not connecting in my heart? How does that happen? Mm-hmm. But again, it's that journey that he takes us on and the Holy Spirit reveals it bit by bit. But as you're seeing things, be obedient because that is loving. That's what loving God is all about. It's just well, and ultimately, and mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to say, ultimately, we get to a place where we long to do those things out of love for the Lord. And yes, it's an act yeah. of obedience, but it's truly out of just like an overflow of, you know, you get to a point in your life where like, I'm not going if the Lord's not with me because I've been there <laughs> and I will not be able to withhold. So, you know, Lord, please reveal to me right now where I need to detour, where I need to park where I need to say yes where I need to say no because we want to be obedient because we want to flourish I think ultimately like we said earlier once we understand boundaries as a place of safety rather than a place of withholding then we are so much more longing to walk in those um, boundaries that are set before us Oh, that's so true. And you know, if you think practically, because I mean, you know, scripture is spiritual, but there's always, there's also a lot of practicality in it too. And in our day to day, we live our lives by rules. We li- we have to, yeah. we, and there are rules that we create for ourselves so that we can stay safe. Yes, it's structure. Exactly. So if it applies in the natural world, why shouldn't it also ap- apply in the spiritual world? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like you said, it's there to, those parameters are there to keep us safe from the regret and the guilt and the shame that comes with living lives without a spiritual guidance. Yeah. And that's what brings us to a John 10, 10 life. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you said, it, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, I'll reconcile it at the end. Like I'm going to party hardy and do all the things I've always wanted to do. And then I'll make it right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's one way to do it, but yeah. that's not yeah. the gift we've been given. It's like saying, I yeah. see the present under the Christmas tree, but I'm going to wait until, you know, five years down the road to actually open it. And it's sad. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, no, I, I mean, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And you're allowing him to do that with your time. Yeah. He, you're allowing him to do that with your relationships. Mm-hmm. You're giving the enemy freedom. At, I mean, at work in your life, when you do choose a life less than what the Lord has for you. And that comes with being lukewarm yeah. and saying, yeah, yeah, I'll reconcile it at the end. I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, please don't, please don't. There's so much more. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Why would you choose something less? And, I, and I'm saying that not to, not to belittle anyone because yeah. I was there. I was the yes. one choosing less, you know? I was the one that, you know, we all have a choice and I didn't choose Jesus for a good number of years of my life. And I think like, you know, I had a sweet friend that once I did come to the Lord. So like in college, like I knew, like I knew she, I knew she was a believer and I kind of didn't want to be around her Mm because, because being around her made me have to look at myself and I just didn't want to do that. And, um, but once I did become a believer and I gave my life to the Lord, like I went and I shared this with her 
And she was just such a sweet accountability partner because I was teetering a lot. Like it was like, okay, I want to live for the Lord now, but this stuff is still a little bit comfortable. So I'm still going to do this, (laughs) you know? And she would talk to me and she said, Katrina, is what you're doing worth Christ's blood? That's good. The decisions that you're making, is that worth the blood of Christ? And I, I just thought that was such a profound question. And it really made me think like, if I believe Jesus loves me, the way he says he does. And if I am truly desiring to love him, um, as the scriptures say that I ought to, then that means my decisions and my lifestyle, it needs to change. And not that it's my responsibility to change myself, but that I surrender it to the Lord. And I allow the Holy Spirit to begin working um, his perfect will through me. By reading scripture, being open to changing what the scripture tells me I ought to change. Um, and that's that's where the process begins. Little baby steps, but we start to see growth and um, growth com- comes from for God. Sure. For Always. sure. Um, Katrina, I feel like one major thing that we have rarely spoken about, ironically, on behind the bliss ever um is just really the topic of comparison and I can only imagine what it was like for you in your modeling career and really just I mean as a woman um dealing with comparison and I just feel like it's something that isn't talked a lot about and I think again with just sort of the heartbeat behind Mm -hmm. what we're doing here um I think once we shed light on how we're actually doing and how you know, we're struggling or, you know, maybe we're not struggling, but we expand upon the journey of how the Lord brought us places. It kind of frees people up to stop comparing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are, what are just some like practical tips for the everyday gal who's trying to fight comparison every single day? Or was there again, like a moment or a struggle that you found yourself in maybe in your career or in motherhood or in marriage where you had to fight the live comparison? Yeah. I think comparisons start with just our um, insecurities. And when you are looking at yourself all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am laughing because I definitely struggled with that. Like, you know, you're looking at, at me. What am I doing? Right. What am I not doing? Okay, then what is she doing? Oh, what is she not doing? Am I doing the worst. Do I look like yes. her? Does she look like me? <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is like, it just takes control of your mind. And scriptures talk about how like we need to cast down vain imaginations. Um, basically meaning like, you don't That's know so what's going on in her life. So why are you looking at her? You know, we should be praying for each other. Do you, I, and I, I, I hate I'm throwing out all these scriptures and I don't have references. Um, but do you remember the situation where the disciples were talking to Jesus and Jesus was like, oh, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to die this way. And he was like, well, what about him? And Jesus was like, what is it to you, what he does? Like, you know, and it's, I think that's just the human nature. Well, what about her? What is she doing? What are they doing? What am I doing? Um, but once, you, once we begin to realize, and I say begin because, you know, we, we will struggle with this in different seasons of our life, whether it's being single and seeing people married or being married and seeing people have babies or, you know, and it just goes on and on and on, you know, having a job, but wanting your own business, whatever the case may be, it's so easy to compare and to look at others. But when we realize that we are exactly where God has placed us on purpose and and intentionally, then it kind of lets us kind of breathe a sigh of relief, like, whew, like I am where I'm supposed to be. 
you know, Ecclesiastes talks about how everything mm-hmm. is beautiful in its time. And I hold that so close to my heart. Like where I am is a beautiful place because the Lord is teaching me something in this season that he's not teaching anybody else. And once this season is over, he will have new lessons for me. So I won't be in this place again. And, you know, when we can, when we can just gravitate to that, that God has good things for me in every aspect of my life and every season of my life, then it makes it less of a distraction, what other people are doing. And we can begin to celebrate each other instead of comparing or com- or competing with one another. Yeah. And knowing that the other person is not your competition. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. actually anyone that's against the kingdom. They're, they're the competition. But even the good news is the war's already won. So yes. at the end of the day, there's no competition at all. It's just you know, there's no. Because we're all, yeah, we're all the body, you know. We're all the body. I love we're it. All the body. Um, I think, too, something that's really neat to think about is this idea of, um, and inside this idea of comparison is mm-hmm. knowing that I don't have to prove myself anything because I have been made whole mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. have been made enough through what Jesus has done for me. And so bringing it around back to full circle, I think it starts with deciding 100% to be sold out and to choose and sign up for what God has for you instead of being yeah. lukewarm first that you can find confidence so that you're not led to compare down the road. So true. Like in fashion, you know, they're all, you know, it's, it's a revolving door. Okay. And like the big thing in the modeling world is new faces, new faces, new faces. That means like new models, someone who doesn't have any experience yet, you know, she's fresh, she's a new face and you know, you're only a new face for just a little while, right? Maybe, maybe a week or a month, depending on your agency. So it's always like, okay, everyone's all excited about me. And then two weeks later, someone new shows up and then I'm old news, you know? And so it's so easy to just start to feel inadequate and get insecure and, you know, start looking around at, okay, what is she doing? What do I need to do to look more like her? What do I need to do to look better Mm -hmm. than her or whatever the case may be? And, you know, it's a problem when we take on Mm -hmm. that mentality into our salvation, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, like her ministry is so amazing. Like, oh my Mm. goodness, look at all the people that's showing up for her event. Oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. not working for the Lord anymore. (laughs) You're looking for other people's applauses over you. And that is bondage because then we get in the trap of people pleasing instead of Jesus pleasing. And so I shared with some uh, sweet, sweet ladies a little while ago uh, when I was speaking at their event, and I mm. told them, ladies, we are not auditioning for Jesus. That's good. We already have the part. We already have the part. And he has equipped us for everything that he has called us to. So we can just relax and celebrate and clap with her, knowing that she's celebrating and clapping with us. And we're all going in the mm. same direction, mm. which is which is heaven, heaven bound. And we're just trying to spread the light of Jesus for the time that we have here on earth so that others can join us and that we can just be that beautiful bride that God came came to save. That is good news. Amen. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that is Woo! good news Go today. Go Katrina. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Look, look, we're all learning, right? <laughs> Thank we're you, Father. Constantly. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, completely switching gears because I'm curious. I know everyone else is too, and we love asking this question. But what okay. are you loving these days? Something you're reading or listening to or eating that all the people need to know about? 
Mm, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> Sometimes these are the hardest ones to answer. Think about that. Okay, so I have I have a three year old. She's going to be turning four in September, and then I have an eleven month old, and she'll be one on the eighth of no this way. month. Oh my gosh! So I'm honestly I'm just loving being in their moment. Mm-hmm. I'm loving just seeing them and just watching them and their curiosity. And um, it's so funny because I've always been like a go, go, go kind of person. Like, you know, like date night, I want to go uptown and I want to walk around and I want to wear my stilettos and I just want to be out and about in the crowds, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when we have company over, I don't want two friends, I want 20. I want the house (laughs) full, I want it loud, you know? But, you know, I guess like the last six months, I've really just appreciated just being quiet and still and just watching them live and play and knowing that like, like these moments are so precious. And I think it's just really changing me towards like, I don't have to be out and about and seen and like, you know, my story's popping and all that. Like, it's okay to just like, you know what? I'm in my sweats. I have my coffee, might put some ice cubes in there. (laughs) (laughs) Just put my feet up on the couch and just be, you know, so I don't know if that's a good answer to your For question. For sure. You can love whatever you want. That's perfect. Love. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm, right. I'm just loving time, you know, just living in the moment. That's what I'm loving That's right so now. sweet. Well, we're just grateful for all of the amazing encouragement that you gave to us today. You gave to our listeners and just was, it was just so encouraging to be reminded of such gospel centered truth today. So thank you so much just for your willingness to remind us of what is important and true. Um, if our audience wanted to follow you or find you or get your book, where can they find you? Oh, okay. Well, I I reside on Instagram. <laughs> so um, you can find me at um, underscore Katrina Katrina underscore. Um, and so I, I try to keep it very, very current and love to hear from you and, you know, chat and all that. And then um, on my Instagram account, I have my blog um, and you can read up on my blog. I update it with um, many devotionals every Sunday. Um, and then my book, you can order my book on Amazon.com. Um, Barnes and Noble carries my book. Also, ChristianBooks.com awesome. um, carry my book. So awesome. that's where you can find me. Well, Katrina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Oh, it was my joy. It really was my joy. Thank you. So good. Just so, so, so good. This was an amazing refresher for me, and I hope it was for you too. I am just so thankful for Katrina's wisdom and her bravery and boldness to kind of go against the grain in today's culture of being enough, striving for perfection, and forgetting our place and where the Lord ranks in our life. If you want to snag one of Katrina's books, New Morning Mercies devotional that we mentioned, or access anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can head over to our show notes at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Guys, we are so pumped for next week's episode with Emily Landers. Emily's going to share a lot about the professional world, moving into a career, just going for it, the importance of networking and relationships, and a lot more. She gives you the nudge to just go for it. Ask that question and have that conversation. What is there to lose? We are so excited to share this conversation with Emily for you. So tune in next week to hear directly from Emily. In the meantime, I hope you guys are enjoying your summer, staying cool, staying safe, and having tons of fun. We will see y'all next week.